tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter 3. So grab your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 3. Uh, we're going to talk about another uh, crucial character in the story of Jesus uh, as he's beginning his ministry as an adult now. Uh, we're going to be talking about John the Baptist. Yay! Uh, John the Baptist, he's a cool dude. But we're going to be talking about him. So grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks or your papers or wherever you're taking notes. Turn to Luke chapter 3. Excuse me, I had a giant gulp of water right before I sang, and it's like, I'm burping. I'll be honest, I'm just burping. That's I. You can ask the student worship team, I always tell them, don't eat or drink before you lead worship, because you'll just burp in the middle of it, and then you got to kind of be like, oh yeah, Jesus, I love you, you know, you got to kind of cover it up. Anyway. Um, Luke chapter 3, that's kind of like a random digression, sorry about that. Uh, Luke chapter 3, you don't need your face mask to read the Bible together, so you can pull those off. Luke chapter 3, again, we're going to be talking about John the Baptist, and we're going to look at how John the Baptist responded to being placed into Jesus's story. So we're going to pick up right at the very beginning of Luke 3 in verse 2, all right? Uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 2. <clears throat> Y'all turn there and read along with me. Um, it says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth. And all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him. Thus John the Baptist, he baptized people. He, he fully dunked them in and pulled them back out. Uh, coming out to be baptized by him, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, Well, we are sons, uh, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is ready at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Again, that is Luke chapter 3. Um, so if you're taking notes, I really hope you are. Grab your binders, grab your notebooks, grab a piece of paper, open up a note on your computer or on your phone. Uh, take notes with me tonight. I see two things that we really need to pay attention to tonight. Two things. The first one is this. The first thing, write it down. It says, God can use anyone to fulfill his purpose. <clears throat> I'll say that again. God can use anyone to fulfill his purpose. God can use anyone to fulfill his purpose. Write that down on your notes. Um, so let's think about it for a minute. The kind of people in the Bible that God uses. You know, think about it. Uh, think about some of your favorite Bible characters. Uh, who, who are you picturing? Uh, a couple of people that uh, pop into my mind when I think of the kind of people that God used. Uh, the first one, like Moses. Uh, think about Moses. He led God's people. He led Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt. But who was Moses on the back end? When he was young, he was a murderer. He killed an Egyptian. When he was an adult, he had a really bad stutter. He had a speaking uh, speaking problem. Uh, Jacob was one of the like kind of the founding fathers of the nation of Israel. But he was a liar and actually stole his birthright from his brother. Tricked his dad to give him everything. 
Um, King David uh, in the Bible, uh, he wrote a ton of the book of Psalms. Uh, King David, uh, the, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Uh, but what happened, we all know with King David, he had a guy killed and stole his wife Bathsheba. He sent the guy off to war so he would die uh, and put him in the fiercest place in battle so that he would die so that he could steal his wife away. But he was still called a man after God's own heart. Uh, James and John, two of Jesus' chosen disciples, uh, but all they wanted to know is where they stood in line. Did they, Were they closest to Jesus? Where were they in the twelve? They wanted to be the top two disciples. That's all they cared about. Martha, uh, in the New Testament, she was always worrying, always complaining that uh, she was working too hard. Uh, in the Old Testament, Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute in the city of Jericho, but she helped the people of Israel. She helped Joshua conquer uh, the city of Jericho and brought Israel into this promised land that they were promised by God. Uh, Jeremiah, you know, the book of Jeremiah in the Bible, Jeremiah was a prophet, but what, what was his deal? He was, he was depressed all the time and even often suicidal. Um, let's see who else. Noah. Uh, this is a big one. Noah, man. He, like what he do? He like saved all the animals on the world from the flood, right? Uh, but man, Noah had alcohol issues. Um, and even back to the New Testament, Peter. Peter was Jesus's right hand man, almost like his best friend. Uh, but Peter had a super short temper uh, and often couldn't keep his mouth shut. He would just jump into any conversation, any situation, and start spouting off all kinds of nonsense. And so. Why does it matter? You know, you've got John here. Um, you've got John. He's the cousin of Jesus that was destined to lead the way for Jesus. He was destined to come. God purposed him to come and teach the people of Israel about Jesus. Now, let's look at John the Baptist real quick. <clears throat> Who was John the Baptist? Uh, well, honestly, he was kind of a weird guy. You know, like all these other people, they did great things, but they kind of had some other stuff that kind of seemed like they would be hindrances. What about John? He was kind of a weird dude. He lived out in the wilderness. He didn't live in society. He lived kind of on the fringes, on the edge of society, out in the wilderness. Uh, <clears throat> the Bible tells us that his clothes were made of like camel skin and camel hair. Like, that's just gross. Like, I don't even know how that would be comfortable, but like he wore camel hair for skin or for his uh, clothes. Um, it says the Bible tells us that he ate locusts. He ate bugs out in the wilderness. Like, here's this dude wearing camel hair, eating bugs, and he's the guy that basically comes and teaches the people about Jesus. I kind of picture John the Baptist, and this is not theologically accurate, so don't quote me on this, but I kind of picture John the Baptist as the guy on the street corner wearing a bunch of like random mixed match clothes and he's got the big sign up and he's like the end is near the end is near you know like that's kind of how I picture John the Baptist almost like just kind of this weird guy on the outskirts of town uh, but God chooses to use him brings him in out of the wilderness to prepare the people of Israel prepare uh, God's chosen people to see the Messiah um, and so now why does that matter why does it matter who John the Baptist is? Why does it matter that he was chosen by God? Why does it matter that I listed off like 10 different people from all over the Bible? Uh, well, I think it illustrates something that's super important for us to see tonight. Uh, and what that is, is that our first point, God can literally use anyone uh, to fulfill his purpose. You know, he can use somebody like Peter who has a high temp, uh, short temper uh, and doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. It can use uh, somebody like Noah who has an alcohol problem to save uh, what becomes this new um, 
to restart the world, essentially, with his family, with the animals. He can use uh, somebody like Rahab, a prostitute, to come in and uh, lead the way for God's people to come into the promised land. Uh, and the same is true for us today. He can use a guy that struggles with anxiety and worry a lot, and he can turn him into a student pastor. You know, he can use a uh, he can use a basketball coach. Shout out, Kyle. He can use a cybersecurity expert, a videographer, a sign designer, a stay-at-home mom, a teacher, a, a marketing per, a marketing agent. He can use all these people as student leaders. You know, he can use a band student. He can use a high school senior. He can use a video game player, a shy middle schooler. Uh, he can use a drill team uh, dancer. He can use any single one of you for his will. It doesn't matter where you came from or if that you're equipped to do what God has placed in you. That doesn't matter. God can use any single one of us for his will and for his purpose. We just have to be open we have to choose to follow him. We have to be open to letting God work through us for his purposes. The second thing I see for us tonight. So the first thing was that God can use any single one of us for his purpose. No matter where you come from, no matter what you're good at or what you're not, God can use you. Uh, the second thing I see, uh, and this one's super important. Again, write it down. Your parents' faith does not cover you when it comes to God's salvation. Your parents' faith does not cover you. Uh, now, hear me when I say this. Like, seriously, hear me, hear me, hear me. Because I know this almost seems a little confrontational to even say that out loud. But you need to hear it. Your parents' faith, your family's faith, does not cover you when it comes to God and His salvation. Your salvation, your relationship with Jesus is a personal decision. You have to make that decision. Look at our passage, uh, just a couple of verses up. Let's see here. Uh, in John chapter 7, he's, uh, he's saying the people of Israel are, are saying, but but we have fought Abraham as our father. They, they thought they were Jewish people. They, they came from the line of Abraham and all these forefathers of Israel. They were God's chosen people, so they were good. They were covered. They didn't have anything to worry about, but they didn't realize that at the time, man, it was time to put their faith and trust in Jesus to be saved. They thought they were covered because of who they were, because of where they came from, because of who their parents were. But they didn't realize that they were they needed to put their faith and trust in Jesus now. And that's what he's saying to us. So we need to hear that as well. That just because your parents may force you to come to church on a Sunday morning, uh, just because they may push you out the door and tell you to come to student ministry events, they may force you to log on tonight and worship with us or on Sunday nights for groups, uh, or some of the games that we're playing, they may be pushing you to do that. Uh, you need to know uh, just because they believe, just because they put ownership on their faith, that doesn't mean that your faith counts. You have to make that decision. You have to choose a life with Jesus. And it's super, super important to hear that. I know I keep saying that over and over because I want you to hear that tonight. It is so important for you to hear that. You have to place your faith in Jesus. You have to make that decision. It is a personal, that's why we call it a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not a parental relationship with Jesus or a family relationship with Jesus or, uh, or even a church relationship with Jesus. No, it is a personal relationship with Jesus, asking Jesus to come into your heart to save you and then choosing to live a life according to his plans and his purposes. Now, a lot of y'all, uh, I know I've shared my story with a lot of y'all before and even in some of our student services, but here's like the 30,000 foot view 
of my story. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, like many of you are growing up in Christian homes right now. Jesus was like an everyday conversation. My dad is a pastor. I remember hearing about Jesus constantly uh, in my daily life. And even though I was saved, even though I gave my life over to Jesus uh, when I was really young at the age of seven, uh, it wasn't really until college that I fully uh, began to grasp and fully understand the purpose that God wanted for my life, what that meant to place my faith and my trust in Jesus. You know, my college years, the people that were around me in college, my friends, uh, Natalie, when we first met in college, they all really challenged me that <clears throat> my faith couldn't rest on my parents pushing anymore. My faith had to stand on its own. I had to make those decisions. I had to make it a daily decision to follow Jesus and to take ownership of his purpose and his will for my life. I couldn't rest on my parents pushing me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night. I couldn't rest on that anymore. I had to take ownership. I had to make my faith my own. And tonight, I want to tell you uh, that that's your choice to make as well. You have to choose to follow Jesus. And just like in our passage, uh, what John says, it, it doesn't matter who your parents are, what your family believes. It doesn't matter that you may be a son of Abraham. Uh, I love the, the imagery he says there because God can make children out of the rocks. Is that, did y'all catch that part of the passage? I love that part of the passage. He's basically saying they're, they're telling John, but, but we come from Abraham. We're, we're God's chosen people. And he's like, you know what? If you don't choose Jesus... God will go pick those rocks over there on the side of the road and he'll make them children. Because, you know, it even says in the Bible that if I don't praise God, if I don't worship God, even the rocks will cry out. God will make the rocks children. That doesn't matter where you come from or who your family is. It matters if you choose a life devoted to Christ and his will. So again, that is a decision you have to make. But look at the last part of our passage tonight, and this is kind of where we'll close uh, close out our uh, teaching time tonight. Verse 9. Uh, verse 9 is actually a warning to us uh, that if we don't choose to follow Jesus, if we don't produce spiritual fruit in our lives, what happens? It's a warning. It says uh, that the tree is chopped down and turned into the fire. Uh, it says a tree, you know, a tree that is dead, that is not producing fruit anymore, it's, it's essentially useless. There's no purpose for it to stay upright anymore. So what happens? You come along, you chop down the tree, you cut it into firewood, and what do you do? You throw it into the fire. You, it's useless. The only thing that's good for now is to toss into the fire if it doesn't produce fruit. Um, if we don't produce fruit, if we let those things in our life, if we miss the boat when it comes to choosing a life with Jesus, what happens to us? It says right here that the axe is at the base of the tree. It is waiting on you. Death is waiting on you. What does that mean? It means that death and this axe is literally at the base of your tree waiting to chop you down, just waiting for the moment that you stop producing fruit. And how do you do that? It's by ignoring the calling that God has for you in your life. It's by ignoring this choice that Jesus wants you to make. Put your faith, put your trust in Jesus. Don't let sin, don't let death, don't let that axe chop down your tree. Don't let yourself be tossed into the fire and spend eternity away from God. <clears throat> now, I know that's kind of scary even, uh, but I want you to know that Jesus will equip you. He will prepare you for the work of his will and his purpose, what he has called you to do. Uh, he can use anyone. 
Like I said, this laundry list of people in the Bible, God doesn't use perfect people. He makes imperfect people perfect in his will. That's what he does. And so it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or the things that you struggle with. As long as you choose to follow Christ, be willing to be used by God. And he'll help you produce that fruit. Again, don't be scared of not producing fruit. Jesus will equip you and help you produce that fruit. But you have to put your faith in him. You have to trust him. You have to follow after him. And again, I'll say it on repeat every single time that we gather together, anytime that you text me, I want you to know, I'll say it again and again, that choosing to follow Jesus is the best decision that you could ever make in your entire life. Jesus is the best decision you will ever make in your entire life. There's no decision. Uh, choosing Whataburger or In-N-Out, obviously you pick Whataburger. That is a fantastic decision. That doesn't hold up when it comes to choosing Jesus or not choosing Jesus. Uh, eating at a barbecue place or eating at a salad restaurant, duh, you're going to pick barbecue every time. That's a great decision. Again, doesn't hold up when it comes to choosing Jesus or not choosing Jesus. That is the best decision and the most important decision you'll ever make. If you need to make that decision, again, I'll say it again and again. If you need to make that decision, man, reach out to us. Reach out to me. Shoot me a text message. Give me a call. Call one of your leaders. Text them. Uh, you know, your parents are right around the corner. You're stuck at home with them right now. Go talk to your parents and say, Mom, Dad, what does this mean? I need to do this. I've never done this before. If you need to make that decision, man, make it tonight. Don't waste any more time in your life pushing off that decision. Like we talked about last week, don't wait until you're an adult to put stock and put effort into your faith in Jesus. Do like Jesus did as a teenager. Focus on the things that are important and put your faith and your trust in him now. And again, he'll equip you. He'll be with you. He'll walk with you every step of the way, nonstop. He will never leave your side. He will always be there. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who, what you're good at, what you're bad at. It matters that you choose to follow Jesus and you trust him with your life. And he will use you just like John the Baptist, just like Moses, just like Abraham and David and Rahab and Peter. He'll use you for great and mighty things just like he did um, with all of these other people in the Bible. And again, choose Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make.